Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. If you're new to the show, be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast in whatever player that you're using. Today, we are going over part two of a special five-part series on the mind and how it really works. In part one, we went over and talked about our two minds, our two thinking systems, and just how powerful they are. Today in part two, we're going to take a deep dive into programming the subconscious thinking system and really understand what it's doing. Next in part three, we're going to discuss our built-in Google search engine. Then in part four, we look at imagination, the heartbeat of our creativity and our growth. In part five, we'll discuss just how we can harness the power of everything that we have within us. So today, we're going to be thinking big on our minds and the quantum computer within. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Welcome back to part two of the series of the mind. And today we're going to get into some fun stuff. Uh, but before we do, I wanted to just go back and kind of recap on what we did in, in part one. And in part one, we learned about the two minds. Uh, you know, we learned that, uh, you know, if you've been in uh, personal development for much time at all, you've heard, you know, conscious and subconscious mind, and you've heard, you know, newer terms like uh, system one and system two or fast thinking and slow thinking. But whatever, however you've heard it, we have now, scientifically, we know we have two different minds that are not necessarily linked together. Then we learn just how powerful our two minds are. And from here on out, I'll be calling it the conscious mind and subconscious mind. Uh, but again, you can substitute, substitute it for however you describe your two minds or your two thinking systems. And anyways, we learned that the conscious mind runs at about 2,000 bits per second and the subconscious mind at an astounding 4 billion bits per second. Uh, which means that we are operating consciously at less than one half of one millionth of a single percent of what we're actually processing. And then we went into, you know, how we operate. We operate on associations. And association is any connection between any two ideas or experiences, uh, which led us into triggers. And, you know, we're always triggered to everything we see, everything we hear, everything we smell automatically sends a wave of energy through our body uh, that is triggering us and we're being triggered all the time and we did that with you know the giraffe uh, then we went into you know really what i consider our unbelievable editing system of editing all of these things together and presenting them to us in in a, in a fashion into our into our conscious mind where we see it and this editing system as we said is it's more powerful than any hollywood studio uh, that you have ever seen or ever dreamed of. And it, it's doing it real time. It's doing it all the time and it's never stopping. And we went into, you know, basically how those, you know, we, we did the clapping test and how those things weren't, you know, we made it, it seem to us that it was all happening at the same time, but it was not happening at the same time. You know, we talked about the subconscious thinking and how it's, you know, really always searching. It's one of those ancient things that's that's something that we have that's that's and it's automatic it takes virtually no 
power, no resources for our subconscious mind to operate, uh, which is in contradiction to our conscious thinking, which is really the who we think we are. It's the analyzing and the planning. You know, its job is to uh, you know look and really organize and set goals, and it's really our who we think of when we think of ourselves. And this thing is, this conscious mind is somewhat recent. Uh, if we look at organisms and the you know the history of, of everything we know, and it's something that we have to do intentionally. Your conscious mind is not going to, it's not like your subconscious mind where it just automatically comes up with things automatically. You have to intentionally use your conscious thinking. And, you know, one of the things we did and was on the show, or the artwork for the podcast was we cannot think in contradictions. We went through that picture that, you know, had multiple images on it. And we can only consciously think of one of those at a time. We cannot think, our subconscious mind cannot think in contradictions. So let's get into part two. And this is really programming your subconscious mind. You know, we were all programmed, you know, by the time we were seven for our environment. We, you know, we all know this. This is science that we are all, you know, there's quotes for, you know, we are all programmed by the, our tribe by the time we're seven years old. And that's kind of the operating system that has been downloaded to us. So what we want to do is we want to learn how to program this, this subconscious mind. We want to learn to use it to our benefit rather than just it having run on its own automatically in the background with no conscious effort at all to do anything with it. So let's get into, into this a little bit. And one thing to know is your subconscious mind is always on. It's always there. It's always thinking. It's always acting. It's never sleeping. It's never taking breaks. It's never going on vacation. It never gets in a spot, uh, in a fight with its spouse and, and goes in another room and never goes to bars with friends. It's always on, always going. And this part of you, this subconscious thinking or this subconscious mind, it started before you were even born. It's the last thing to go. And it's what's, you know, if you think about it, it's what's operating everything you're doing. It's what's operating your vehicle. Uh, have you ever been driving and almost in an accident and all of a sudden, you know, you swerve and hit your brakes before you consciously even know what's going on? And you're like, oh, I just about got in an accident. Holy shit. And all of that's done by your subconscious thinking, your subconscious mind. You know, subconscious thinking is what, you know, smells smoke in the house when your house is on fire and wakes your ass up. It's always there. It's always taking all of your senses. It's always operating. So our subconscious thinking is always on, always trying to construct a view of reality based on what it knows. Here's the thing. It is not always right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the podcast artwork. And if you're listening on Apple, you might need to go to my website to see the the, the picture because Apple doesn't bring in the uh, the podcast uh, artwork. I will attach this picture to the show notes as well as you can go to my website and look at the, you know, uh, look at the episode and it'll have the picture. So anyways, this picture is a picture of a checkerboard uh, with two squares labeled, one labeled A and one labeled B. It's got a green sphere on it. Some of you might've seen this picture before. It's, it's pretty famous picture and they call it an illusion, but it's not really illusion. But if you look at that picture, a and B, I, I'm telling you, I promise you, and if you're in one of my workshops, I actually I actually prove it to you. I have to prove it to you. People have said, no, it's not. No, it's not. It is the same 
color. It is the, the squares are identical. The A and B are the exact same color, both the letter and the square. And you cannot make yourself look at them any different than, than their different colors, but they are not different colors. So why, so here's the thing. If you look at that and you can't force yourself, I mean, you look at it, they're different colors, but they're not. If I take away the other things around it, they are the same exact color. So why exactly do we see those colors as different, even though they are the same exact thing? They're identical. There's nothing different with them. It's because our nervous system, before you could even talk, you learned all kinds of rules, aka associations, about light, about shadow, about color, about pattern. And it incorporates all of those rules into everything you experience. Everything you have ever seen is processed through this incredibly complex uh, and very limited knowledge visual cortex. It processes these inputs and serves you up a version of reality, but clearly it's not always right. And here's the thing, here's what's so important and what I want you to really take away from this. Even when you know it's giving you incorrect information, you cannot stop seeing the illusion of those being two different colors. Let me repeat that. Even when you know, I, I, I will prove it to you, you know consciously that those are different color or those are the same color. You cannot stop seeing them as two different colors. Your subconscious thinking shapes your entire experience of reality. Just think how powerful that really is. And here's the thing. There are all types of these illusions. There's auditory illusions. There's visual illusions. There's cognitive illusions. You know, sometimes these are called limiting beliefs. But discovering your limiting beliefs does not change them. Just like knowing what those colors are the same does not change the fact that you can't see them the same. Just understand your subconscious thinking does the very best it can. And it's really, really good, but it's not perfect. And again, this is one of the most important ideas that we're going to go over uh, in this podcast episode because everybody listening today is going to tell you that their life would be so much better if they just had the willpower they needed. You know, think of a diet. If you just had the willpower to stay in your diet, if you just had the willpower to exercise, and they will tell you stories that, you know, they knew what the right thing to do was, but they couldn't or wouldn't because their willpower failed them. I want you to go back to that picture and I want you to will that picture the same. I want you to will those colors the same. Go back, look at it, squeeze your eyes as hard as you can and will those colors to be the same. You can't do that. And by the way, these stories, uh, these are, you know, these actually become more reasons why you feel bad about yourself. And, you know, it, it, it is the opposite of thinking big. And what I'm here to explain, and if there is anything you remember from this episode or take away from today, it's this. Your willpower will fail you. How many of you have ever felt like your willpower just let you down? You know, like if you had just tried a little bit harder, you could have done it. I'm here to tell you those thoughts that say you didn't work hard enough or you didn't work you know, long enough or you didn't want it bad enough. Those thoughts are BS. You cannot, let me repeat that, you cannot will yourself to do anything controlled by the subconscious. I'm going to repeat that again. You cannot will yourself to do anything controlled by the subconscious. 
That's like me telling you to will yourself to sweat. Your willpower will always fail you when it's up against your subconscious thinking and habits. And why is that? And, and, and this goes into a book. If you've ever read uh, Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic book if you want to pick up a book to read. It's because your willpower operates on what you think is true about the world consciously. And all that was handed to you by your subconscious. You know, we talked about that diet example. Your subconscious decided what was real and what was not long before your conscious thinking ever got a chance to decide. Reality was seriously just served up to your conscious mind, which is where your willpower is, your intentionality, your action. But you can only take action on what your subconscious uh, thinking says is real. If it doesn't see something, it doesn't believe something. You can't even see what's outside your beliefs, what's outside your subconscious thinking, what's outside your fast thinking, whatever you want to call it. You can't see anything outside your cage. So there is no way your willpower can beat your subconscious thinking. It won't happen. It will lose every single time. And I need you to understand that it wasn't your willpower that failed you. You just didn't understand what was happening. But now what you're learning you can understand and you can change what happens next. The subconscious is also not a judge. You know, the subconscious is not an executive decision maker, so it doesn't judge your things. It doesn't judge associations. It doesn't judge triggers. It doesn't know good from bad, right from wrong. It just knows what is. It is interested in only what is. And, you know, have you ever been walking on a sidewalk and uh, all of a sudden you saw something on the ground and you jumped back because you thought it was a, consciously you didn't even think about it yet, but you jumped back because uh, subconsciously you thought it was a snake? It doesn't care what's real. It doesn't care what's right or wrong. It just knows what is. And at that time, before you could consciously even think about it, it jumped back. You jumped back. Because you thought it was a snake. It didn't have time to say, is that a snake? I did. What do you think? Do you think that's a snake? It might be a snake. It might not be a snake. You'd be dead. You'd have been bit by the snake. Your subconscious has evolved to produce what it understands as a perfect and honest picture of the world. Therefore, its associations, you know, everything, that, how we operate can be constructive or destructive to your goals. I mean, think about it. If I, if I tell you wind... If I say what wind, what comes to your mind? I mean, it can be constructive. It can be, you know, it can be constructive. It could be windmills. You know, it could be destructive, like tornadoes. So again, our associations can be constructive or destructive. They can move us either towards our goal or away from our goal. And it doesn't matter to the subconscious mind. It doesn't have an opinion. All it does is associate really, really, really fast. It constructs a version of the world that complies with everything it knows and everything it understands to be true, no matter what that is relative to what your conscious thinking wants it to be or says it wants. Your role as the owner of your subconscious mind is to reprogram these associations so constructive ones emerge. That's what thinking big is all about. I've got some good and bad news for you. The good news? It's extremely easy to reprogram the subconscious mind. The bad news, it's so easy that most of us have accidentally 
programmed ourselves with all manners of unhelpful associations. But you can begin to intentionally reprogram your subconscious. You can start changing those associations no matter how long you've been doing it, no matter how powerful you've given them, no matter how much they've burned into, you know, burned in as an association, you can begin to change it. And you can actually begin to change it in the next few minutes. As a matter of fact, you don't have to wait years. You don't have to wait months for this. You could, before the end of this uh, podcast, you can actually begin to reprogram your subconscious thinking. Let's start by anchoring. It's, it's really a new starting point for our thoughts and what we have. So what is anchoring? And you might have heard this through NLP and other things, but everything is an anchor to something else. Everything is an anchor to something else. We relate all people and all things to all people and all things all the time, regardless of whether we are aware of it or not. And reprogramming begins with anchoring. Anchoring is establishing a new starting point for the association which comes next. What happens is, you know, the nervous system experiences a trigger. It starts lighting up with all kinds of associations like, a, like we did with the giraffe in, in, in one. So many that we cannot even come close to experiencing them all. And there is a process that your nervous system uses. And a good analogy is voting. And your nervous system takes a vote. The associations that are the strongest are the ones that become dominant. And when they become powerful enough, they fill your nervous system, they become loud enough, they go over the crowd of competing ideas, and they emerge into your conscious thinking. And you, the part of you that thinks, you know, you as yourself, the conscious thinking, has this idea. You know, it's kind of like the idea is behind the curtain, you know, the subconscious mind is behind the curtain doing all this stuff, and then, you know, pushes the idea onto stage. That's really what's happening. You're just being informed of this one idea, it's getting pushed onto stage. The whole idea will appear, you know, fully formed. It's all there. That's what happened with the draft in part one. You know, you might have had a thousand ideas, then bam, you know, tall, zoo, uh, toys or us, whatever it was. So your nervous system had a vote and it picked the strongest and loudest associations. And that is what emerged into your conscious awareness. So we're going to use something called anchoring to change who is the strongest so we're going to do a little test, and you can do this on a podcast. You don't need anything. Uh, and we're going to change. We're going to reset your anchor, and we're going to change who's the strongest. So let's take a look at this little example. Okay, so I want you just to fill in a blank. I want you to have S-O blank P. So just write it. If you're driving, just write it in your, your mind's eye. S-O space P. S-O space P. Okay. And tell yourself, what does this mean? What does the stimulus mean of SO blank P? You know, what does that do? So I'm going to resolve it for you really quickly, and you're going to know exactly what it means. There will be no debate. There's no misunderstanding. I'm going to say wash space SO blank P. It's soap, right? So I triggered you. All I did was take one sensation, one trigger that was inconclusive, and I anchored it. You know, that's what the word ahead of it did. It just set the tone. It set the stage. It created the powerful piece of information that when you view that uncertain piece of information, it is no longer in conflict. You have no doubt what it means. And now I'm going to do it again. I want you to put EAT in front of it instead of wash. I'm going to put eat instead of wash. 
So if you eat S-O blank P, now that's eat soup. So you had wash soap, eat soup. It's the exact same piece of information. All I did was anchor it differently. I just recontextualized. This is so, I'm, I'm telling you, this is so important to understand. It doesn't change what happened. It doesn't change the stimuli of SO underscore P. That didn't change. But by anchoring it differently, everything changed. It means something totally different now. And that is true about the way we think about ourselves, about our lives, about our relationships, about our stories. We can re-anchor and change them. It doesn't change, quote unquote, change what happens. It, quote unquote, changes everything. Feel that for a second. Feel the power we're talking about to impact your life positively. And again, before you think this is is simple because I'm using a few letters and words, remember the only difference in the picture that I gave you on the checkerboard is the anchor around it. When you remove one anchor, it's those two checkerboard pieces don't change at all. But when you re-anchor them, they change everything. In this picture, I have anchored your nervous system with a ton of distractions. The explanations, the stories, the shadow, the light, the checkerboard, Our lives are like this. It's filled with distractions. And you are doing the very best you can to make sense of the world. But when you recontextualize the same information, when you anchor it differently, everything changes. I'm sure you're asking the same exact question that I did was what makes strong associations? And we are going to cover that. in part three as we start part three i hope you enjoyed part two Uh, if you haven't listened to part one go listen to part one Uh, this will be a total of a five-part series until part three thank you so much for listening thank you for tuning into the podcast and if you're on apple go to the upper right and click follow i really would appreciate that apple has changed their uh their mechanism on getting new podcast episodes to people so please follow and I will talk with you next week. Until then, think big.